Hi everyone, Dr. T here. We are in Chapter 14 in our 1090 Fundamentals of Human Communication course, Leadership Roles and Problem Solving in Groups. We will go over number two, the learning objective, compare and contrast various leadership styles. Let's begin. Starting at the bottom of page 682 in your textbook, Leadership Styles, Given the large amount of research done on leadership, it's not surprising that there are several different ways to define or categorize leadership styles. In general, effective leaders do not fit solely into one style in any of the following classifications. Instead, they are able to adapt their leadership style to fit the relational and situational context. Wood, 1977. One common way to study leadership style is to make a distinction among autocratic, democratic, and laissez-faire leaders. Lewin, Lippitt, and White, 1939. These le leadership styles can be described as follows. Autocratic leaders set policies and make decisions primarily on their own, taking advantage of the power present in their title or status to set the agenda for the group. Democratic leaders facilitate group discussion and like to take input from all members before making a decision. Laissez-faire leaders take a hands-off approach, preferring to give group members freedom to reach and implement their own decisions. While this is a frequently cited model of leadership styles, we will focus in more detail on a model that was developed a few years after this one. I choose to focus on the later model because it offers some more specifics in terms of the communicative elements of each leadership style. The four leadership styles used in this model are directive, participative, supportive, and achievement-oriented. House and Mitchell, 1974. Directive Leaders Directive leaders help provide psychological structure for their group members by clearly communicating expectations, keeping a schedule and agenda, providing specific guidance as group members work toward the completion of their tasks, and taking the lead on setting and communicating group rules and procedures. Although this is most similar to the autocratic leadership style mentioned before, it is more nuanced and flexible. The originators of this model noted that a leader can be directive without being seen as authoritarian. To do this, directive leaders must be good motivators who encourage productivity through positive reinforcement or reward rather through the threat of punishment. A directive leadership style is effective in groups that do not have a history and may require direction to get started on their task. It can also be the most appropriate method during crisis situations in which decisions must be made under time constraints or other extraordinary pressures. When groups have an established history and are composed of people with unique skills and expertise, a directive approach may be seen as micromanaging. In these groups, a more participative style may be the best option. Participative leaders. Participative leaders work to include group members in the decision-making process by soliciting and considering their opinions and suggestions. 
When group members feel included, their personal goals are more likely to align with the group and organization's goals, which can help productivity. This style of leadership can also aid in group member socialization as the members feel like they get to help establish group norms and rules, which affects cohesion and climate. When group members participate more, they buy into the group's norms and goals more, which can increase conformity pressures for incoming group members. As we learned earlier, this is a good to a point, but it can become negative when the pressures lead to unethical group member behavior. In addition to consulting group members for help with decision-making, participative leaders also grant group members more freedom to work independently. This can lead group members to feel trusted and respected for their skills, which can increase their effort and input. The participative method of leadership is similar to the democratic style discussed earlier, and it is a style of leadership practiced in many organizations that have established work groups that meet consistently over long periods of time. U.S. companies begin to adopt a more participative and less directive style of management in the 1980s after organizational scholars researched teamwork and efficiency in Japanese corporations. Japanese members included employees in decision-making, which blurred the line between a leader and other group members and enhanced productivity. These small groups were called quality circles because they focused on group interaction intended to improve quality and productivity. Craig and Wright, 1991. Supportive leaders. Supportive leaders show concern for their followers' needs and emotions. They want to support group members' welfare through a positive and friendly group climate. These leaders are good at reducing the stress and frustration of the group, which helps create a positive climate and can increase group members' positive feelings about their task and other group members. As we will learn later, some groups some group role functions to maintain the relational climate of the group, and several group members often perform these role behaviors. With a supportive leader as a model, such behaviors would likely be performed as part of established group norms, which can do much to enhance social cohesion. Supportive leaders do not provide unconditionally positive praise. They also competently provide constructive criticism in order to challenge and enhance group members' contributions. A supportive leadership style is more likely in groups that are primarily relational rather than task-focused. For example, support groups and therapy groups benefit from a supportive leader. While maintaining positive relationships is an important part of any group's functioning, most task-oriented groups need to spend more time on task than social functions in order to efficiently work toward the completion of their task. Skilled, directive, or participative leaders of task-oriented groups would be wise to employ supportive leadership behaviors when group members experience emotional stress to prevent relational stress from negatively impacting the group's climate and cohesion. Achievement-Oriented Leaders 
Achievement-oriented leaders strive for excellence and set challenging goals, constantly seeking improvement and exhibiting confidence that group members can meet their high expectations. These leaders often engage in systematic social comparison, keeping tabs on other similar high-performing groups to assess their expectations and the group's progress. This type of leadership is similar to what other scholars call transformational or visionary leadership and is often associated with leaders like formal, former Apple CEO Steve Jobs, talk show host and television network CEO Oprah Winfrey, and former President Bill Clinton, and business magnate turned philanthropist Warren Buffett. Achievement-oriented leaders are less common than other styles, as this style require, requires a high level of skill and commitment on the part of the leader and a group. Although rare, these leaders can be found in all levels of groups, ranging from local school boards to Fortune 500 companies. Certain group dynamics must be in place in order to accommodate this leadership style. Groups for which an achievement-oriented leadership style would be effective are typically intentionally created and are made up of members who are skilled and competent in regards to the group's tasks. In many cases, the leader is specifically chosen because of his or her reputation and expertise. And even though the group members may not have a history of working with the leader, the member and leader must the members and leader must have a high degree of mutual respect. Congratulations, we made it through the compare and contrast various leadership styles objective. Come back and we will discuss the types of power that our leader may tap into.